Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and I am pumped to be joined by the Brooke Desha. She does all things social and digital for us at NBC Sports Philadelphia, and she knows her Flyers. We're really pumped to have her back. Uh, we are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. Brooke, how are you doing? Jordan Hall! Oh my gosh, I'm I'm so happy to be here and yes. be back. I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. I know, it's great to see you in and person. And yeah, let's let's talk some Flyers hockey. I know yeah. everybody's super excited to, to do that right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, big offseason, tons of questions, probably countless number of questions for the Flyers. So we're going to look at the three biggest ones in our minds, Brooke. Uh so a ton to look at, a ton to address. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Let's get into number three. We'll go from three to one. Brooke, your biggest, third biggest, excuse me, question facing the Flyers this offseason. Okay. So my questions can kind of go all over the place right now, mainly because I think everything should be a top priority heading into the season, offseason. Um, so I think I can stack my questions <laughs> any which way, but yeah. we're going to go in the order that I wrote them. Perfect. Nice and simple. <laughs> um, so in the past, I feel like we've heard some empty promises with um, higher up hockey ops in terms of, yeah, we feel good about this team. Um, we just need a couple pieces. We're two to three years away and all this. Do you feel like the Flyers are finally all in on the rebuild? I feel like, you know, Finally, you know, relieving Chuck Fletcher of his duties. You have Dave, Dave Scott stepping down. Um, it seems like it's finally time to make this transition. But these are also things that we've all heard in the past before. Do you feel like it's finally that time? Yeah, like will there will there finally be action behind the words? And I think I think fans have really grown impatient and frustrated with hearing things and then not seeing it, you know, be followed through. So. I really do think that's a huge question is, are they going to back up the plan of rebuilding and the vision that they have? John Tortorello certainly seems like a guy that wants to follow through on his promises. Uh, but that has to be a massive question because I really just think fans are tired of hearing words. Uh, there has to be right. action, right, Brooke? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I look back and I evaluate Philly sports as a whole, and we are genuinely in this golden era. You know, we have three legitimate MVP caliber players on three major sports teams. You know, you have Bryce Harper in the Phillies, you have Joel Embiid in the Sixers, you have Jalen Hurts in the Eagles, and then there's the Flyers. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'm a hockey girl through and through. I want them to be able to do anything possible to make themselves relevant again in Philly. They're not, they're not the talk of the town. And I know deep down, this city, as crazy as they are, as Eagles-heavy as they are, when the Flyers are good, it's a hockey town. And yeah. I want to experience that again. I don't want them to be this irrelevant hockey team, you know, because they're my, they're my guys. They're my boys. You yeah. want them to do well. You want them to succeed. And 
that is not the case. So I want to see this this level of aggression that we haven't seen in an offseason since before I was born. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, they have they have promised changes and now is the summer will be the time to actually see the changes actually potentially happen. And you hear so many people say this is a premier hockey market uh, in the NHL. Uh, but if you went to games over the past two seasons and you saw the attendance Whew. and you saw other teams have their fans kind of storm the Wells Fargo Center, really take it over. It caught people uh, really by surprise. It caught their attention that, wow, the Flyers have fallen to the point where, they're struggling to put fans in seats, and really, the Flyers have become fourth fiddle in the city, uh, without a doubt. Uh, they have a long way to go to becoming more relevant in the city again, getting fans back, and uh, as Sean Couturier said it in the offseason, getting the organization back where it belongs, right. and that's uh, contending and getting fans excited and going for it. Um, but, it, Brooke, do you like that they are taking the rebuild approach? It's it's not the let's go for it every year right now. It's it's very much this is going to take time. If we do it right, then there will be year after year type of contention. Do, do you like that they're saying they're going to do that? I do for a number of reasons. And I look back on to, you know, you know, you look back a few years ago and you have core guys on the team. Like you have Giroux, you have Voracek, you have Couturier. And you're like, wow, you have this great core. You just need to build off of it. That never happened. You never, I mean, the Flyers were off and on with making the postseason, but it was always, it was a coin flip. It could have gone either way every single season. And that's, you know, you're looking at some of these teams, you got the Bruins that are just like, I want to vomit when I watch them because they're so good. I would not know what to do with myself. Always good. If, yeah. If, <laughs> I would not know what to do with myself if that was this Flyers team. I, there is no core. There is no identity. And that was a big conversation this entire season was you know we they didn't name a captain they have no no solid core that that can lead them they're not two to three years away that's not even a discussion right now you know get to the point where you tear things down and build it back up because living in this kind of in between I don't think it's good enough and like you you were saying fans are restless they're getting they're getting really like agitated that you don't know what to expect coming in every single season. And, you know, we're looking ahead to 2023, 24. Is it going to be a tank year? I believe so. And I think that it's really just the beginning of breaking down those foundations and walls and bring and slowly building it back up. Like we're due for a rebuild. Yeah. This is the rebuild. Yeah. The Flyers are really in position where it qualifies as a restart. So many things say restart here first year head coach john tortorella they have a new gm now um they're going to have a new president of hockey ops uh everything and they have essentially a new head of ownership in dan helferty so this is very much a restart and that is my third biggest question brooke is president of hockey ops who is it going to be it's definitely the flyers first order of business is getting someone in house as their president of hockey ops um I think everyone can kind of assume and 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 read into that Danny Breer pretty much has the GM position. Uh, I would be shocked if he was not named full-time GM whenever they eventually get this president of hockey operations. But this is definitely their first order of business. And I think that's really the start. It, it'll get everything kind of in line uh, upstairs before they make big decisions downstairs. So that is my third biggest question. I think it's going to happen relatively soon. Not sure who the candidates are. Some names have been floated out there as potential fits, but I, I don't think anything has been firmly reported as 
this is a candidate or this is not a candidate. Right. So to me, that's the third biggest question in my eyes. Who is going to lead the way upstairs and how is that person going to interact and work with Danny Briere? How is that person going to interact with the business side, the hockey side, of course? Um, big questions there. So that is my third biggest is who we will see leading the charge upstairs at Skate Zone or I shall say Flyers Training Center. Yes, correct. Yes. <laughs> no, it's it's a great question. Obviously, it's it's one of the more dire ones because you can't really move forward unless you, you have the president of Hockey Ops. Um, but like you said, like there really hasn't been a lot of speculation, not no no rumors going around and you're kind of like, okay, are, are they working like under the ropes? Are they just going to come out one day and be like, bam, hello, this is the president of Hockey Ops? Um, I don't know. Am I concerned that they haven't named one yet? No. Um, I think that this kind of ties back into the severity of the rebuild. Um, they're not just, you know, going to throw all names in a hat and pick one out and be like, all right, this is this is what we got. We got to roll with it. Um I, man, yeah. I just, I just want them, I want them to find somebody who is going to push what the fans want. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, man, Flyers Twitter's brutal. It's brutal. And <laughs> I, I can yes. say that because I am also a part of it. So, <laughs> so I'm allowed to talk about it. Um, People don't want like the nice big promotional things. And listen, the, the Sean Couture bobblehead, that was great. I have one. It's on my desk. It's wonderful. <laughs> However, they want the product on the ice. And I want whoever is named president of Hockey Ops. I mean, it's not like, hey, it's it's this little assistant guy in the corner. You're the yeah. president of Hockey Operations for the Philadelphia Flyers. It's, it's an important title. I want them to be able to understand that regardless, at the end of the day, the product on the ice is the most important thing. Yeah. That is that is my top requirement across the board. It could be no, I don't want it to be somebody off the street. But <laughs> <laughs> as long as that is the priority and they have the best interest in mind for the team as a whole and the product on the ice, I'll roll with it. Exactly. And I think they're gonna realize that too. Um like when people ask me about attendance and like, wow, that place was empty and like it, it boils down to just winning. <laughs> like if if you do the right things and you get the right people on the ice, fans will come. Uh, don't get me wrong. Business side of it is uh, incredibly important. Oh, yeah. uh, you have to, the fan experience, uh, make sure and ma making sure it's family friendly and all of that is, is vital too. But uh, at the end of the day, the people that get paid the most are the players and the people that run the players uh, because that's what really sells tickets. That's what gets people in the building. It's what gets people excited. And uh, with time, uh, you know, fans will be back when the team's winning again. It's it's really that simple. Um, but a big decision. They have time. Uh, I understand they, 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 right now the playoffs are going on. It's still late April. They have time. The, the entry draft is not until late June. Free agency July 1. Uh, I would imagine they'll have someone at some point in May. Um, but that is a certainly a big question, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Brooke Destra, your second biggest question facing the Flyers this offseason. Okay. So, Jordan Hall, congratulations. You have been named temporary GM for as long <laughs> as it takes to answer this next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
as we are leading into this off season, we've talked about this a numerous amount of times. I feel like I can move 85% of this roster and be okay with it. Yeah. Um, however, if we had to narrow things down a little bit, if there were three players that you wanted to attempt to keep and three players that you absolutely have to try to move, who would they be? Great question. Thank you. <laughs> that is a really good question. Well, three players that you have to keep, in my mind, I, I know there's been some little bit of speculation about trading Carter Hart. Like, does he fit their timeline? I still think he's the the, the, fran- uh, the future of the franchise in net. And you, f- you actually have a solution in net, the most important position in the game. Don't mess with it. Uh, if there's one thing that's not broke, uh, you don't have to fix it. And that's, I think, Carter Hart in net, 24 years old. So I would say Carter Hart. Um, number two, I would say Owen Tippett. I think he looks like an absolute keeper was a huge uh, byproduct of the Claude Giroux trade, and he looks like a player. I would say Owen Tippett, number two. Number three. It gets tough. It does get tough. It does. I would probably m- maybe do something on the back end, and I would say Cam York. I want to see mm-hmm. where that plays out. I-, I think I would be absolutely stunned if they didn't think Cam York was a part of the solution. So I would there. I would hit on all three position groups. Carter Hart, Owen Tippett, um, Cam York. Three players that I think are definitely probably, not definitely, I would say three players that they're going to think long and hard about moving on. James Van Riemsdyk, I think uh, they're going to part ways. He's an expiring contract. Um, I think they're going to thank him for what he's done. He's going to sign elsewhere. And I think he will have a nice spot to go to. I think teams will want him. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Hayes is a big one. Uh, Big cap hit. I don't think he totally meshed with John Tortorella. I think Tortorella kind of, put the writing on the wall for him that this might not work here and they want to get younger and, and possibly maximize what Kevin Hayes' value is. And then number three, would probably be Ivan Provorov. I think they're going to think long and hard about him. I think they've been thinking long and hard about him for about the last three seasons. Does he fit? Um, and is he a real valuable asset? Let me get your three and three. Yeah. So I, I didn't even list Carter Hart because I think it's, kind of common knowledge right now you're not going to shop him I honestly think see how this season plays out if we're really down and struggling at the end of next season you know maybe throw his name out in some trade talks but it's not like you're going to trade him for a bag of pucks you know it's not like I do believe he's also the future I think it's awesome I I really see a solid future in net. If you, if you want to go heart Sam Erson I I love the tandem Um, I think there's a lot of potential there Now, I'm also on the Owen Tippett train. I think that was as difficult as it was to move on from Giroux. You know how much I love Giroux. Um, They they won the trade. That was a great trade. Owen Tippett has such an incredible upside to his game and you, you saw you know bursts of that throughout the season and I, I think only his confidence and his skill set is going to continue to improve as we move forward. Um so I'm definitely high on Owen Tippett. Now I kept Konechny. Oh, I like okay. That's a guy that's a kind of a polarizing figure mm-hmm. about like how how much are you rebuilding if you keep him whereas if you moved him. I know. So it's if Travis Konechny did not get hurt, he could have had 35, 40 goals on the year. Yeah. Missed 20, 
two games, I believe. I think he played 60. Right. I mean, 22, and he finished with 31. Right. I think I think it's it's something to consider. I mean, listen, I'm not saying, you know, completely shut down any kind of trade talks with him, but if you want to talk about, you know, what what is he, 25 right now? 26, 26? I believe. Yeah, just turned 26 um, not long ago. You know, that is he's he's a spark plug on the ice. He really is. And he he brings a level of energy that I think the Flyers desperately need to keep and hone around. Um I I don't I don't see Konechny moving just because I think that he's just finally reaching that point of his game where it's like okay he's a game changing player he's a pivotal player he could be part of the future and I also want to keep Scott Lawton yes I do tough one I know it's you know you think about it and you're like okay when when you're thinking about full rebuild not a lot of names are ones that you want to keep off the table in terms of talks. Scott Lawton is the definition of a veteran leader that I think this team needs. And Tortorella was talking about that too. You know, we need veteran players who are going to, you know, be par for the course. They're good. They're going to understand the future of, of rebuilding and, and the identity of this team. And, you know, they didn't name the captain last year. Scott Lawton was the only one who had the letter on his sweater and, he just, he embraces everything. And there was a lot of, you know, concern once Giroux moved, who was going to step up and be that kind of, you know, leader when the, there really wasn't one. And Lawton, you know, exceeded that expectation with flying colors. And I don't think a lot of people expected that from him because, you know, majority of his career, he was a bottom six forward. I, I think Lawton is a good locker room guy. I think he's got a good heart. I think he loves the city. Yeah. I think it, I, I would like to keep him um, in terms of moving people. You said 85%, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have this person, this yeah. person, no. <laughs> um, I do think that I, I'm on board with moving Hayes and Provorov just because they have the second and third highest cap hits yeah. for 23. And I don't, I think Hayes was the perfect match when the Flyers were being coached under Elaine Vigneault because he came in at a time where not many players, you know, were that familiar with Elaine. And, you know, I, I remember being in that locker room his first day at training camp and he already took on this like huge, you know, um, responsibility and wanting to help some of these younger players get used to his high, you know, intensity, training camps that you know Vigneault had unfortunately you know when Vigneault went I feel like Hayes kind of started to dip and now ultimately I don't think he fits like you said this team moving forward which is a shame because I I love Kevin Hayes he's a great guy he's a hard-working person it just doesn't fit and the same thing with Provorov I think we set expectations incredibly high after his first season and we felt like maybe it was on the cusp of being back when they signed Matt Niskanen. Yeah. And when they played together, I mean, that was probably Provorov's best year. And then Matt Niskanen decides to <sighs> retire. <laughs> and, Selfishly. Oh, man, he was so fun to watch. <laughs> he was. He was so great to watch. And Niskanen retired, and I think that kind of exposed Provorov for what he is. And I'm not saying he's a bad player by any means. 
I'm saying I don't think in this, you know, Flyers team moving forward, he's a top defenseman. You know, I, I think he, he's getting paid top money, but not producing that way, um, which is frustrating. Um, so if, if they're able to move and again, that that's a big contract too. like he's the third highest cap hit in 23. Yeah. So, you know, try to make some room. And then uh, this third yeah. one, man, I wanted to say Travis Sanheim, but okay. I know that he's got the no move clause for until 26. Um but I just, man, I, I don't like that contract yeah. at all. So I, that was just a notable, if I could, if the universe and contractually the stars wanted to align. <laughs> um, but no, my, my third one was a, was a big toss up between performance and production versus moving a contract. And this one I really went back and forth with between Ristolainen and D'Angelo. Okay. Um, because I, I like Ristolainen. I, I think he's he's a hard-hitting player. He's a strong player. He'll back up anybody on the ice. He has another contract that I'm like, that's a lot of money for an extended amount of time. Yeah. And I feel like if, if you're going toward a rebuild, you got to move some of these hefty contracts. And then in a perfect world, you move D'Angelo, not D'Angelo, you move Ristolainen yeah. in the offseason, and you move D'Angelo toward the trade deadline Yeah. to just sweep them out <laughs> yeah and it would it would clear you know they, they have a lot of youth on the back end in terms of prospects and i think guys kind of knocking at the door john tortorella said he wants to see them get younger on the back end he feels like he has they have some kids that can push for spots because they're pretty young up front they have a good good bit of youth up front but uh they're not they're not super young on the back end and i think they want to see a little more youth kind of get in there infiltrate mm -hmm. that area and um and yes, yeah, and they do. They have some bigger. Like, you have a lot of money committed on defense, and if you're rebuilding, like you have to, you know, you have to gather more assets. You have to gather more cap space. And if there's a way to do it, could be moving a contract or two on the back end. Um, D'Angelo has just that one year left. Next year, there was obviously a ton of drama around him yeah. at the end of the year. So you wonder where he stands. Um, and Ristolainen, and yeah, just kind of starting and, you know, his new contract this year and people argue that he was one of the most improved players. Perhaps they could sell really high on him at this point. Right. Uh, it seems like he's a playoff player that just the way he plays, um, a lot of hockey folks, people that make decisions upstairs, like the way he plays. Right. He's like, he's like the shiny toy on the flyers right now where yeah. it's like, do you want to part with him? No, but maybe we could get a decent return. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much, like I said, I, I, I love Ristolainen. and I think he's, he's a player that this team actually needs in terms of physicality and, yeah. you know, playing, playing rough. Um, I, they, who, who knows? Yeah. That's why they don't pay us the big bucks. <laughs> <That's Jordan right. laughs> but they will have big decisions. I think the decisions will get even bigger, like seeing where they are next year. Like what kind of strides do they take? Do they take a step back? Do they regress and realize this is further away than they thought? And they have to really start to move out even more age and more contracts or are they more competitive? Do they take a stride? And then do they realize a little bit more about their timeline and, do some of these guys in the 27, 28, 29 year old range fit their timeline? Big decisions. Mm -hmm. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Brooke, my second biggest question facing the Flyers was what to do with Kevin Hayes. Do they feel like he's a part of it? Do they not? I think it's a real shame that it's looking like he doesn't fit anymore because that is a soon to be 31 year old center, six foot five in his prime. And somehow that doesn't fit anymore. Not to mention, it says a lot about the state of the team. It does. It does. And for, you know, a couple years ago, he was looking like one of the core guys that was going to push this forward and make them a contender. Uh, But they have fallen so hard and so many guys among that core have been moved out that it's suddenly looking like he's potentially the next one. Um, so that is a big question for me. I think that really what signaled them parting ways with John Tortorella, it just didn't seem like Tortorella ever really grew to like his game. Right. Mm-hmm. He butted heads with Kevin Hayes constantly. Uh, he moved him to wing. He benched him a couple times, once for a full game, twice for a full third period. I think they respected each other because Kevin Hayes is that type of guy, and I think Tortorella is a guy that's – ultimately going to respect you um, because he's a grown up and he's been around. He's done this before, but they, I don't think they ever really came to an agreement on, Hey, I like the way you play and Hey, I want to see you play here. Uh, So I think that really kind of signaled the end potentially for Kevin Hayes in Philadelphia. He admitted it very honestly in his clean out day interview that he thinks this, uh, you know, he kind of read the message that was sent to him months ago that the team is getting younger and they were focusing on playing younger guys in more situations. And Kevin Hayes' role dipped, his minutes dipped. He was playing lower in lines. He was moved to the wing, moved to center, all of that. Um, So if the Flyers want to get younger, they want to get some more room cap-wise, uh, and Tortorella's going to have his voice heard. I think oh, Kevin yeah. Hayes is one of the guys that he's probably saying, hey, I think, you know, if we can move him, uh, we can get younger, that that could be the way to go here. Um, Kevin Hayes has, does have a modified no-trade list, mm-hmm. so I do think they're going to come to agreement and see. My gut tells me they're going to see a way to get Hayes to one of the teams that's not on his no-trade list. I think they'll try to do the right thing for him, and I think Kevin Hayes is almost – come to peace with it. I think yeah. he wants to be here. I really do. Um, and it's a shame because he had pretty much a career year oh, at yeah. his age. You know, he's not, he's a good player. He's a very good player, but I do think he's better suited for a contender at this point and not a rebuilding team. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you wish Hayes well, you want, you want him to find success. And it, it's almost very similar to um, how we were with James Van Riemsdyk leading up to the trade deadline. Yeah. I, I mean, we were fully expecting Reamer to move and then he didn't. And we were like, wait a minute, did we miss something? 
are we on yeah. the wrong timeline? Like what's <laughs> happening? Does he have another um, year left on this deal? <laughs> but I just I, I feel like, you know, it was it was done wrong in a sense. Um to not move him to a contender, you know, there there was there had to be discussions to move him somewhere and they didn't. And I just I hope the Flyers do right by Hayes by, you know, like you said, adjusting his contract to a sense to get him to a contender where he deserves to play. Yeah. Um he'll be deeply missed in Philly. It was it was great to watch him with the whole all-star um experience this past year um with his nephew and, and getting to play and represent the flyers i just hope you know it goes out on a good note there's no ill will um and i think that's a that's one of the players that you know flyers fans are always going to pull for him no matter where he goes yeah so that's that's where i'm at with that i feel like we've all kind of made peace with the thought of moving hayes too yeah um yeah three years left on his deal um has the second highest cap hit among the forwards behind Chonga Torrier. So technically among the forwards that played this season, highest cap hit. Um, and he's even said, I'm not sure they want a guy making my money playing nine to 10 minutes a night. Um, essentially kind of insinuating that he had dropped in the lineup and he was playing lesser of a role while making bigger money. Um, so we'll see what the Flyers do with Kevin Hayes. Uh, and he's well, incredibly well liked in the locker room. So that's oh, yeah. one thing you, I think the Flyers need to consider is you're, if you are parting ways with him, uh, you're parting ways with a guy that's well liked and gets along with teammates and leads by example. Um, you don't want to uh, make a rash decision there. So we'll see. Maybe perhaps the Flyers can get a young player in return, maybe a second, third round pick, maybe higher than that, maybe eat a little bit of salary uh, and give Kevin Hayes a chance to potentially go win elsewhere. Right. Brooke Desher. Number one, your top question facing this team in the offseason. What is it? Number one. All right. Well, if we're talking about a rebuild, if we're talking about getting younger, let's talk about the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Going into this, I mean, oh my gosh, this is such a talented, stacked draft. Yeah. I mean, this has been one that's been in talks and conversations for like three, four years at this point. And for it to finally come to fruition, do I think the Flyers are getting Connor Bedard? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Flyers. <laughs> Sorry. I thought maybe like there was a slim glimmer of hope with that 10-game losing skid yeah. in the beginning of the season. And then they were like, oh, we're going to play okay. Oh, we're going to go on another losing skid. And it was too light switch off and on for any kind of okay, like maybe there's a real chance of the number one. I mean, what is it? Like we have like 6% chance. I think it's a 6.5% chance the Flyers. So you're saying there's one. a chance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but but still, the top 10, you're going to get a really great player out of this draft. So my question to you, Jordan Hall, is what is the biggest need for this team going into the draft? That's an excellent question. I would say, well, one, wherever they pick in the first round, if it's seven, if it's a little higher, if it's a little lower, um, I think they'll draft the best player available. And the good thing is this draft is very good, like you said, Brooke. Mm -hmm. It not only has you know, a generational, generational talent up top, but there's some depth to it from what I've heard uh, going from like eight to 10. So they're going to get a really good player. They will draft the best player available. I'm, I'm confident of that. If I had to think of a need, I would say potentially center. I just think center is such a premium position um, when you can get a guy that can play through the middle of the ice, play minutes uh, and help them scoring wise. Like they had such a talent deficiency in terms of scoring 
if they could get a, you know, and now obviously it's a dream scenario for Flyers, but if they can get a center that has scoring potential, scoring yeah. upside, they need to get talent there. Uh, get talent, and I think getting it up top, uh, up front, at a really important position would be center in my mind. How yeah. about you? I, so I, I think I want speed. Yeah. They like, like that. I think. I, <laughs> I've joked over the past few years when I watch this team, I feel like they have a piano tied to them Yeah, because just in terms of hustling, like there really isn't any. So I, I, I want somebody to change, to have the ability to be able to change the pace of the game, yeah. to be able to call the shots because they are four or five steps ahead of everybody else. Um, and I know that it's, it's kind of depending on where the flyers fall in the draft. I really, really like Oliver Moore. Okay. For, you know, he's a center puck handling. I, I, is one of his weaknesses. I think that that is something though, that you can improve on. You can't improve on, I mean, you can, but people are saying he's a generational speed. Yep. Like I, I've, I've been reading some scouting reports, comparing him like in terms of speed and production to Connor David. Oh. And I'm like, uh, hello, that's yeah. not a name you just throw around. No. Um, so in my mind, I would love somebody who like he, he's fast. He's, he's able to produce offensively. I mean, I don't, I really don't see the flyers going higher than top five draft pick. So looking, you know, like, you know, like seven to 10, Yeah. I mean, there's even conversations because the center pool is so deep in this draft that more could fall out at the top 10. And I think the flyers, you know, like you said, are going to go ahead and grab whoever's best on the board as they should. Yeah. Because, you know, when I said there's a need going to the draft, the need is everything. You need everything. It's, it's, I want speed. Yeah. I got the need for speed, Jordan Hall. The need for speed. I want Oliver Moore. The more that I watch, (laughs) (laughs) the more that I watch him though, I I just think that he fits very well with this, well, the team and the idea of restructuring. Um, And I want somebody with the ability to, you know, change the pace of the game yeah. at the end of the day i mean i'm i'm excited to see the development of tyson forrester um in terms of shooting um so i'm gonna go more on like speed in the draft i like that and i think a, a big gripe with fans is that the flyers have a lot of quality like second third line players but they don't have enough top end talent uh, i think the organization knows that they've stated that um there's nothing wrong with second or third line players right you need those guys but you also need to surround them with more top end talent they have a chance to get it here uh you listed a name right there so keep an eye on oliver moore flyers fans uh for sure and brooke my number one biggest question is something we touched on a little bit but it, really i think the number one question is what will they do with ivan provarov mm-hmm. that's my biggest question because i think there's a ton of gray area with it it's not a cut and dry decision maybe perhaps the kevin hayes call is becoming a little more cut and dry um president of hockey ops that's you know, their first order of business. But Provrov to me is such a 50-50 decision. I, I think it could go either way. Maybe they keep him for another year and realize he's a part of this thing moving forward or they realize it's time for a fresh start for him elsewhere and he might be one of their most valuable trade chips. Uh, that's part of rebuilding is potentially parting ways. Like you have to gather assets. You have yeah. to gather picks. You have to gather young players. Um, and in order to gather those really good assets, you have to give up something good too. Provrov is something that they could probably utilize. He's a player that you know has value. 26-year-old defenseman who never misses games. He's tough. 
He can play big minutes. He can help you on a power play. Um, he has only two years left on his deal, which could be attractive mm-hmm. to some teams. You know, there's not a ton of term there where maybe team has a question with Provra, but they see a lot that they like. You can bring him in for two years and then see where he is from there. Um, so I think that is really the biggest question in my eyes is, is this guy a part of it? Biggest question because I don't know. I don't right. have the answer for yeah. it. I think it's a real serious question in-house for the Flyers is – who is this guy? Who is this guy? Is he a 1A? Is he a 1B? Is he a second pair guy? Can we build around him or do we need to uh, make a tough decision on? What do you yeah. think it is I, with Provorov? It's it's so – when he was drafted in 2015, I mean, I was – I knew about him before the draft. I followed yeah. the Brandon Wheat Kings. I was like, oh, my God, this kid is going to change the league when he is drafted and then the Flyers drafted him. And I was like, oh, holy crap, it's <laughs> happening. I was so – convinced at the time that we were watching a future captain i was yeah where is the freezing cold takes twitter account yeah <laughs> because go ahead and expose me. let's search her tweets <laughs> right now no. um <laughs> it's crazy though to to have kind of seen like not a not a drop off in in talent but just in terms of whether he is a piece that fits anymore and i when we were talking about him and Niskanen, I mean, that was like the primary pair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lefty righty top line talent at eating all of his minutes on the ice. It was great. And then when Niskanen retired, you know, when we were just talking about, I was like, Oh my God, like it's, he's not this player that we want him to be. He's top line talent when he's paired with top line talent. Oh. And I feel like that might be the best way to put it. I He's not what we wanted him to be on his own, and he needs that support. And for the contract that he has, he should be able to be that that top go-to guy. I don't know. I think if I think that's a name in if he does move, I feel like people will actually be a little shocked um, in the first year of a rebuild, but. Like you said, I, I think that, you know, there there are a lot of, you know, really great parts to his game that could make him a great trade element. Yeah. That, you know, we got to get younger. We have to get faster. We we need, uh, I don't know, and remove the contract. Get, yeah. Get, ugh. There are too many ridiculous contracts on this team, Jordan Hall. Yeah, they, they have a lot of money tied up, uh, like, like we said, on defense a ton. Um, they don't have any, like they have money committed up front, but it's something like, you know, some teams obviously have guys making 10 million a year, like the superstars and stuff they have, (laughs) they don't have that, but, uh, yes. And you know, some players with no moves, some players with modified, no moves, and, um, they have a lot of money committed on defense, which is ideally what you want to do. You want to build from the back and out. Um, that's why I think this year could be very telling is, um, do they take more strides or do they realize the rebuild is even more difficult, and then they have even more decisions to make on guys that really just don't fit the timeline. They have a lot of those defensemen that are like in that 26 to 28 range mm-hmm. making decent dollar um, that you have to make a decision on. Are they going to be a part of it or not moving forward? But there will be plenty of answers, I think, throughout the offseason, and then we'll see if there are more answers during the season. But we're just getting started, Brooke. Oh, yeah. It's late I, April. I- Late April, 
And I can't tell you the last time I was more excited for an off season than an actual season. Yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of felt like when that season finally wrapped, you're like, oh, sigh of relief. Like yeah. now I don't have to watch them every other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I listen, uh, I'll, I'll watch them and support them till the day that I die. Um, which is why I want them to succeed. You want them to find this kind of success. But I'm I'm really looking forward to an offseason of change. And I think many Flyers fans are. And I think Danny Breer is well aware that he needs to be aggressive. He's played in this city. He understands the intensity behind these fans and what they want. And at the end of the day, I think that we'll be better for it moving forward next season. Yeah. I do think next season's going to be rough. I think it, this offseason's going to open a can of worms in terms of, okay, like we're peeling one layer back. Here's three, four, five, six, seven more things that we need to fix. Yeah. Um, so maybe after this year, then we can say, hey, we're two to three years away from being two to three years away again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Danny Breer um, didn't even put a timeline on it. Right. He said he couldn't nail down. How many years they are away? He said three, five, eight. I don't know. God, Which, I hope it's not eight. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of people do believe in hockey. Things can change quick. We've seen it um, in Philadelphia. We've seen it elsewhere. Uh, but the Flyers definitely have big questions this offseason, and we'll see what it leads to in 23-24. Danny Brer did say there will be changes. I think everyone's wondering how loud those changes will be. Right. Uh, we should know around like June and the entry draft and around July when free agency opens. But we'll have it all covered here, and we're going to continue to debate it throughout April, the end of April and May. Brooke Destra, thank you so much. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Follow Brooke on Twitter. Follow her content at NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer Yay, and guru and Flyers <laughs> fans, of course, as always. Thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.